0: It doesn't matter what you did. And I am the voice of the voiceless. This is the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host, Scott E. Wrestling. Back yet again, never fails to be here on the week-to-week basis, except for the one time I went on vacation, but we don't talk about that. I've given enough episodes since then to make up for it. If you missed my all-out review with Robbie Sutter and Nicholas George, you can check that out in the feed that you were listening to this to. That was the last episode. We're on to current topics and what has gone on in WWE, as well as some news bits and the coverage of AEW Dynamite, you know, the first episode since All Out, which was a very notable one. So let's get through the WWE stuff first off. Um, There's a lot to cover here uh, from SmackDown, Raw, and NXT, starting off with SmackDown. The biggest notes are that this coming Friday, so you're probably hearing this on Friday, so today uh, the WWE returns to Madison Square Garden for the first time in what has to be two years probably, Uh, and they have a big show planned. The rematch between Edge and Seth Rollins will main event. Brock Lesnar will make his return. And Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair will have a contract signing. So three big, big segments set for that show. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Lesnar does. Uh, Because they've already announced that Roman Reigns will defend the Universal Championship against Finn Balor. Uh, we're going to get to that match in a second because that was on last week's SmackDown in the main event. But with a such a massive Madison Square Garden show and the return of Brock Lesnar, I'm wondering how they work upon that if he's not going to be fighting Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules. So, that will be discussed of course next week, but let's get to the main event of SmackDown. Roman Reigns defended the Universal Championship against Finn Balor. Uh, I thought this match one was great. Very good TV main event. Uh, Finn looked like a million bucks. uh, And the match ended when Finn Balor hit the coup de grace. Went for the pin. And when Roman Reigns kicked out, he low-blowed Finn Balor. Ultimately leading to Finn Balor's loss. And Roman Reigns' win. A successful defense. But the most notable aspect of all this was as Roman Reigns was walking out of the arena. The lights turned red for a second. You heard that heartbeat. That boom, boom. That if anyone has ever watched any Finn Balor from the beginning of his time in WWE, you know exactly. What that is. They are hinting at the return. Of the Demon Finn Balor. Which is a massive. Massive tease. We have not seen the Demon. Since. Wrestlemania. 35. We have not seen the Demon since then. So. Over two years. And I believe that was against Bobby Lashley. For the Intercontinental Championship. So. It makes you wonder, does Finn Balor bring back the Demon for the very first time to fight Roman Reigns? And if he does, does he beat Roman Reigns? The Demon's never lost on the main roster. It's only lost one time in its run as part of WWE. And of course that was to Samoa Joe in a steel cage match at NXT TakeOver The End. But a decent episode of SmackDown, a good main event, and a very good tease to close out the show. My biggest takeaway from Monday Night Raw this week was that we will be getting Bobby Lashley versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. I believe we'll also be getting the tag title match, which will be between Bobby Lashley and MVP. And Riddle and Randy Orton So I'm wondering if they do both that night Uh, That could always play into the ultimate main event Where Orton faces off with Lashley I think this is a personally good I think this is a good move By WWE I really do I think putting Orton against Lashley Gives him a great competitor to face off with Uh, Gives Lashley another win Likely another win And it probably can work into the story of RK-Bro as well. Most of this goes to NXT. The final NXT before the complete rebuild this coming Tuesday night. Um, And they put together what was a very interesting card. You know, when you look at the matches, they're big time. They're very big time. There was two title matches, uh, two solid singles matches, and an angle... ...to close the show. It, w- it wasn't a huge show by any means. You know, th- we've seen better. We've absolutely seen better. But, when it comes down to it... ...we'll take what we can get. Uh, so, the show kicked off with Ember Moon versus Kaylee Ray... ...in a singles match. Kaylee Ray is trying to go against the top names in the NXT Women's Division... ...since coming over from the UK... She defeated Ember Moon in what was a very good match I thought it was the second best match on the show behind the men's tag team match Um, Ember Moon so good Ember Moon is incredibly good I think she doesn't get the respect she necessarily deserves from a lot of us I think, um, and especially WWE She is one of the best and Kaylee Ray is just, you know, out of this world. I think a lot of people can agree she's one of the best WWE has, um, America now has. She's just an insane talent, and she's clearly on her way, I think, to the NXT Women's Championship. Um, it was announced for next week, speaking of the NXT Women's Championship, on the first new NXT, it will be Raquel Gonzalez versus Frankie Monet. For the title Um, Very very interesting uh, Because I had some thoughts That Frankie Monet might be winning the title But this could be a title match Before she gets hotshot To the main roster Which is very possible as well Uh, Io Shirai And Zoe Stark defended their tag team titles For the very first time Against Casey Catanzaro And Caden Carter The match was fine. Um, I'm not a big Zoe Stark fan. Not really a big fan of the other two either. It's just about Io. And I think Io is at a point where if she considers leaving, which I think she should at this point, where does she go? Does she want to go back to Japan? If she does, there's a clear answer. But she has done everything she needs to do in NXT, and I don't know if Raw, SmackDown suit what she is capable of, which is being the best. I don't know if they would ever give her that moniker. So, To me, this tag runs great, but I think we're coming to the point where Io Shirai has to make a very big decision. And with the new NXT coming in, I don't see why she should be sticking around. We had Uh, Carmel Hayes and Santos Escobar face-off. Escobar won. I thought that was another solid match. Uh, No surprises there. Just wanted to touch on that real quick. The biggest story of the show was that they were doing the Bachelorette and Bachelor parties for Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis as they are getting married next week on the new NXT. Um, I thought the story between Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis becoming closer and closer as time went on, you know, at the party, I thought that was interesting. And I'm wondering if they're considering putting them together as a tag team. I think that could work. Um, I'm also wondering if or how the wedding gets ruined. Is it going to be via Austin Theory? Is it going to do something via Gargano? There's many ways to go here. Um, you are, you know, a little trapped because you look. Candace LeRae of course is pregnant She won't be wrestling anytime soon But I'm happy she's still an on screen character That being said What are the angles to go here um, Because it's clearly not Dexter and Indy versus Johnny and Candace. So that will be something To um, await And see what happens Of course At the wedding But I thought the Ultimate high five between them was a good ending point. Um, Oni Larkin and Danny Burch went for the NXT Tag Team Championships, facing the champs MSK. Really good tag team match. Exactly what you'd expect from these two teams. Larkin and Burch have, you know, become a very good team, and MSK have been the team since joining the brand. Um, In the end, of course, MSK won. But that is where we had the big angle of Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland turning on Oni and Danny Birch, Laying them out for good. Ridge Holland decimated them. Pete Dunne looked down on them and just kind of scoffed and said, whatever. And they moved on. So it looks like we're going to keep the power duo of... Holland and Dunn, while Oni and Danny Birch either you know fall to the back, maybe they could be out on their way out of the company. We don't really know, but interesting nonetheless. As I think Dunn and Holland, of course, have plenty of potential together as a group or team per se. But, you know, that's it for NXT. We're just waiting. We've been waiting for weeks now for the next step. We've been waiting to get to the new NXT that everyone's been hyping up. Everyone's been waiting for the new colorful, rebranded NXT. So, until then, which thankfully we don't have to wait much longer. Who knows where the direction of this show's going. We'll start to see what that could possibly be in the coming weeks. So let's let's get to Aew Dynamite. Maybe the biggest dynamite in history in terms of excitement, in terms of match quality, in terms of just everything going for it. You kick off the show with Malachi Black against Dustin Rhodes this match, Of course, following the rivalry between Cody Rhodes and Black. Now it's really just the Nightmare Family versus Black. Uh, We've seen Lee Johnson face him. We've seen Brock Anderson face him. Of course, we saw Cody to start off and now Dustin. And I thought what this match was able to do was give you a sign that, hey, um, you know, Malachi Black is a killer, but there's still some kinks in the armor, per se. Uh, Dustin showed more fight than anyone besides maybe Lee Johnson. I think Lee Johnson still has the best overall match in terms of, you know, hitting back and whatnot, but this was good. This was very good. Um, Black destroyed the knee of Rhodes which really came into play later in the match and in the end of course Malachi Black hit the Black Mass spinning roundhouse kick to knock Rhodes out he pretty much missed the kick he really hit him in like the shoulder but we'll act like that didn't happen it seems like Black is getting way too close to them I think he needs to take a little step back and uh, give himself some more range Uh, It was made official, though, that the rematch between Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black will be at AEW Dynamite Grand Slam in Arthur Ashe Stadium. So, already one major match set for that show. I'm sure we will have more. CM Punk was up next to talk about his win. He discussed how Adam Cole... Ruby Soho, Brian Danielson have joined the roster. What a time. And he was talking about his match and he's like, you know, I talked to my wife and I said, I'm going to let the fans decide what's next for CM Punk. And that's when Taz, who was sitting at the announce table, was fed up and he said, no, 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 no. I'm sick of this honeymoon phase you have with the fans and preaching to them. No, we're done with this. And if you ever say any of Taz, Team Taz's members' names, they will hurt you. They will hunt you down. And Punk didn't say any of them, but he said, you know what? Give me Starks. Give me Hook. Give me Powerhouse Hobbs. I will survive if I let you. It was a trade-off that made CM Punk look like a boss and gives a clear direction for what is next for him. I know he has said that he wants to fight Powerhouse Hobbs, so it only makes all the sense in the world that he gets them, uh, he gets him and Ricky Starks down the line. But it's clearly going to be Hobbs, I think, right off the bat. Speaking of Hobbs, we got Dante Martin versus Powerhouse Hobbs on the show, and I thought this... Was actually the best match of the show. The same show that had John Moxley face off with Minoru Suzuki in the main event. I thought Hobbs just continues to look like an absolute beast while Dante Martin continues to make himself a bona fide star in the ring. His athleticism is. Almost unmatchable in a sense Because he feel, when he does certain moves He feels like he floats through the air Like everything feels different when he does it And I think that's just such a good sign for him long term Because he's going to be something special For AEW long term MJF went out to cut a promo I thought it was weak uh, he used a lot of insults, tossing them at Brian Pillman Jr. Again, it just didn't do anything for me. He said things about Brian Pillman's sister, I believe, or Brian Jr.'s sister. I don't know. Brian Pillman's daughter, maybe. And it just, it never worked for me. It looks like we're going to get Pillman versus MJF at. Grand Slam, I don't think that match Should be on that card in any sense of the way But the big takeaway Was that MJF once again Gave a dig to Wardlow Saying, you know, you could have helped me on Sunday But you didn't, so what are you going to do now? Help me now? Um, It's an interesting story Because It's almost as though Wardlow has no other choice But to help because he's getting paid by MJF So, even when he's told not to, he ends up helping when MJF needs it most. Very, a very weird story, but one to watch because that turn for Wardlow is coming sooner than I think we might have thought originally. Ruby Soho versus Jamie Hayter. I thought this match for the minimal time it had was very good. Um, a big win for Ruby Soho on her AEW Dynamite r- debut. Her first you know, regular singles match. She looked good. Jamie Hayter, of course, continues to look good in there as well. I think my big thing with this is that Ruby Soho is just such a great addition. She already feels like a massive star. Um, you know, from the music and from the fans rocking out to her just... Having that star look and having that star presence. Everything she says is believable. And I thought this match was a good start. I would love to see these two, you know, get like 15 minutes someday. Because I think they'd absolutely tear the house down. Uh, We had a useless pinnacle versus dark order match. Which was really just to further the feud between the dark order, the civil war per se. Um... Anna Jay was trying to be the one to fix it, um, but it looks like there's still dissension, and it's a matter of who comes in to fix it. Will there be a new leader? Some believe that could be the former Bray Wyatt. Um, I think it will be the return of Hangman Page that gets them back on the same page. Ha, ha, ha. No pun intended. Um, here's the big... Segment of the night The segment that I feel We were all waiting for Especially myself The Elite Made their way down to the ring Just to introduce the one and only Adam Cole, baby It was time for story time with Adam Cole But before he could do that He looked straight into Tony Schiavone's eyes And says, listen I know you're friends with Britt Baker That's great But if you look at her the wrong way one time he was pretty much, I'll kick your ass. He told him to get out of the ring. He called him a nerd repeatedly. And that's when Cole continued his promo saying, AEW is the best wrestling promotion in the world. The Elite is the best faction in the world. He congratulated both Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, saying nothing about the Good Brothers, which I thought was interesting, you know, long term. We'll see what that means. But to continue the elite stuff, Adam Cole um, just felt like such a star. And I really always thought he would in the AEW atmosphere because he is a star. And as a fan, I'm just happy that it's working out for him. He will have his first match next week as a member of the AEW roster against Frankie Kazarian. Brian Danielson made his way out to the ring when Kenny Omega said, I have a bone to pick. That's when Danielson gets in the ring. He lays down the challenge to Kenny Omega, who is like, no, I don't want it. And Danielson says straight up, you don't want to take this match because you know I'm better than you. And that's really where it all broke loose. He actually got the yes lock locked up. On to Omega before the elite attacked uh, Christian. Frankie Kazarian. And the Jurassic Express ran down to. Even the odds and clear out the ring. But. They are not waiting. They are not holding back. They have already teased. They have essentially guaranteed that soon enough. We will be getting Kenny Omega. Versus Brian Danielson. In an AEW ring. And this is when I ask. How do you make this work? Because. That match, for one, should get at least 20 minutes. At least 20 minutes. Two, two, it shouldn't have commercials ruining it in the middle. And three, why would you waste it off the bat? I, I like the story they're telling here. I do. But you've got to take in consideration how big of a match this is. This is the biggest match you have on your roster right now. There's nothing bigger. And putting it on TV is one thing, but it is such a match that people believe can be a match of the year candidate. It can be something like that. So so I feel, you know, AEW Tony Khan believes and understands what that means to fans. So why rush it on to TV? That's just my thought. I know it's clearly destined for a hangman at the pay-per-view, but I feel like you just don't have to do that singles match so quickly. I just patience and it's not even long term booking, it's just patience. You could have had Daniel Bryan face sorry, Brian Danielson facing a number of people. So it's it's confusing to me, but we'll see what happens. I like the angle a lot. So maybe they make me understand and make me a believer of what they're doing here. The final segment, A.K. match, was the main event, the homecoming for John Moxley, as he faced off with Minoru Suzuki in the main event. This match, to me, personally, was a letdown because we know how great they can do together. We've seen it. We've seen it in New Japan. And it was clear that AEW ran out of time. They had to rush this match. They, you know, stopped Minoru Suzuki's song, uh, entrance music early, which set the world ablaze. They were not happy. Um, There was a number of things here that made me question if AEW... Not if AEW knows what they're doing. It's a matter of does AEW understand they need to slow it down. You know? Um, I think that's a big thing. Because. All Elite Wrestling is on this level right now. That is so untouchable. They beat Raw in the demo this week. They hit 1.3 million average viewers. They're growing at a. Incredible rate, but when it comes to pacing a show, you need, especially such an important show like this, rather than trying to squish in the Dark Order story with the Pinnacle, um, trying to squish in Dante Martin versus Powerhouse Hobbs, for example. You take one of those matches out, squishing in the MJF Pillman story that I feel you know could have been a simple backstage segment and not taken up you know ten minutes. There's ways to cut this down because listen, the elite Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, all of that deserves maximum time. Ruby Soho versus Jamie Hayter. I wish that went longer. Uh, Malkep, like you have so many stories you're telling, and of course this main event, Moxley versus Suzuki. Like you needed that to go longer, and it looks as though Minoru Suzuki is not done in AEW, thankfully, but. That was a real gripe for me on what was a very good show. Um, You know, you can't win them all the weeks, but that's just my one critique from an overall very entertaining two hours of wrestling television. Um, I did want to say that Gable Stevenson signed with WWE. All signs should point to him being a star for them. If they mess that up, then... They're in trouble because I feel like he is their biggest layup in a very long time. But that's it from me for this week. Very short episode, um, the, you know, covering all out and whatnot. That really limited, but with a MSG SmackDown, New NXT, another episode of Rampage that has Andrade and Pack, and another episode of Dynamite. We will have plenty more in store next week. So be sure to check that out. And until next time, have a good one, everybody. You know what?